With the start of online sports betting this Thursday, FanDuel has come up with the mother of all contests for fans. The prizes include three trips, including airfare, hotel, and tickets to any SEC or ACC game of your choosing. Airfare, hotel tickets to an NFL regular season game of your choosing, or tickets to Derby 150. But if you're willing to gamble, you could take home all five prizes. Here's how it works. Download the FanDuel app, then go to ESPNLouisville.com and register your name. If you already have the FanDuel app, then you just have to register on our website. Then on Thursday, the first day of online sports gambling at Kentucky at 5 p.m., we will draw out a winning name. That person could either take one of the flyaway trips or derby tickets, or they could roll the dice for all five. Literally roll the dice. You choose two numbers on a six-sided die. If either of your numbers comes up, you take home all five prizes. If not, you get nothing, and we draw out the next winner. So download the FanDuel app, then register on ESPNLouisville.com. Wherever your favorite team tailgates this season, there's a Cox's or Evergreen Liquors nearby. Your mileage may vary. Stop by for all your game day beverages and party supplies, wine, beer, spirits, and more. Cox's and Evergreen Liquors, everyone's go-to liquor store. Big pick set out on top, but the ball is loose. And now they get it to see that it's going to be Louisville in front. I shook up the world. In BCS Bowl terms, you guys shook up the world. Hey, I'm the king of the world. Hold it, hold it, hold it. I'm pretty. Hold it, you're not that pretty. I'm a bad man. man. I shook up the world. First and third, two out. The 2-2 from Iggy. Swing and a miss. The cards are headed to Omaha. Welcome in to another edition of Louisville Sports Live, the city's longest-running all UFL sports talk show right here on 93.9 The Ville. I'm Ethan Moore. He's Taylor Lynch. Zach Cantrell behind the glass. Zach Attack! You know what we do at LSL, all things UFL football, basketball, and recruiting, and we're going to do that this evening on a special Tuesday edition of LSL After Dark. Going up on a Tuesday. <laughs> nice, Sad. I thought it, I, I'm a little disappointed myself that I didn't think of that. There yes, you go. There you um, Listen, we're going to start off with basketball because that's been the most recent thing. And then we're going to be able to react live to week three of the college football playoff rankings as Louisville is poised, right, to be in the top ten? Number nine? I think so. That's that's the feeling I've got. I think so. Yeah, Ole Miss and Penn State were nine and ten, and they lost above them. So my guess is they'll, they'll just simply move Louisville up to nine. And I don't, I don't think anybody behind them did anything – I'm worried about Missouri. Enough. I'm worried about Missouri catching Louisville. I don't think that'll happen because Missouri's got two losses, but you never know. Yeah, I do think there's also a lot of scuttlebutt out there that um, Washington could leapfrog Florida State just temporarily because Washington garnered another top 20 win. Florida State, you know, although an impressive victory over Miami, that was a physical, physical game. Darn, um, hate that for Miami. Yeah, shucks. I know, right? I, I did hate to see their quarterback get hurt. Oh, Especially, that was gruesome. That, I man. did. You didn't you like when the ESPN sideline report was like he's just crying and groaning Screaming and screaming like, in I'm agony. Like, I'm like, I just, don't need that. Yeah, can you just say he's feeling some pain and right, that's it? Right. You right. don't have to. We don't have to go next level and just say, oh, it was gruesome or oh, he's screaming. Like, uh, yeah, if my shoulder was out, I would be screaming too. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was that was a a tough. 
um, a tough break for, for that young man who made that hustle play, uh, extended the ball out there to get that first down for the Canes and then ended up coming up hurt and injured. Um, but let's start off with basketball, Taylor. Um, <laughs> you were... <laughs> You were right there for the reaction oh, of that game. So many reactions. We need an update on the guy whose uh, his wife left for his sister. Hopefully, was that just a temporary thing because Louisville lost? Or if they won, would that have happened? Bruh. I, yeah. I don't know. I, like, what's the response from that? Like, I... I I don't know how you respond. Like, how do you come buddy, back from that? Basketball is the least of your concerns right, right now. Right, And probably watching the cards is not going to help you much at all um good job there team money look i'm working on it okay yeah, technical there, difficulties in the station go. right now i'm working on it so i think you saw that vibe after the cards dropped their game to kentucky wesleyan since then um against all d2 opponents kentucky wesleyan has lost as of late last week they had lost to indianapolis usi Maybe that's University of Southern Indiana. I'm not sure. Oof. But they lost to those two schools. Um, of course, you scraped by UMBC, who then followed that up with a six-point loss to Marist at home. <laughs> Did, what is Marist mascot, anyway? I, I've been lo- meaning to look that up. I think it's a red fox. Ethan probably knows. The knows red foxes? The, I think. Check that for me. Yeah. I, think, I think that's what it is. And apparently, it was a UMBC home game, and Marist led from start to finish. On UMBC's home court, you got you got to love that. Then, of course, the latest embarrassment in the Kenny Pan era. It of, is indeed the Red Foxes. Boom! Elite, elite mascot name. It is indeed. It would be. Does be- anybody know what the fox says? Bing, bang, bing, bang, bing, 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 what year is this? I am I back in college again? Yes, yes, you are. Great! Cool. I want to go back to college. Yeah, yeah your alma mater's playing right now on ESPN too. How about that? Action, baby! Twenty-one ten, BG money line. Let's go! <laughs> All right, <laughs> there you go. There, yeah, there are your picks for that. Um, but yeah, so you, you had the Kentucky Wesleyan loss. You scraped by UMBC that easily could have been a loss. Um, uh, with the referee swallowing their whistle there at the last minute. But you know what? You still gave Louisville credit for finding a way to win. And then Friday, they just promptly flushed that all down the toilet, what little momentum that was anyways. Yep. Um, and now here we back are at square or square one. So, Taylor, my vibe and the gist that I've gotten to social media, talking to friends, talking to colleagues, whatever, is that even the most ardent supporters, I'm not going to say 100% of them, KP Mafia, KP Apologists, whatever you want to say, they are now off the bandwagon. If there was a bandwagon, they're off. They're off of it. I, th- I want to say 90%, 95%. Even a lot of those most ardent supporters making up every excuse in the book, blaming the players, whatever, um, they're finally like, yeah, this ain't it. I mean, I don't know if you have noticed it or, or felt this way uh, from doing the couple of post-game shows that you've done. It feels like the, the same people that were calling us last year and telling us that we just needed to be patient and we just need to give Kenny some time, those same people are calling back in this year and they're saying, look, I, I told you last year that we needed to give Kenny time. I was wrong. Yeah. And and I'm, I've gotten several phone calls that are like that on the postgame shows where they're like, look, I was a Kenny Payne supporter. I was a Kenny Payne guy. I thought he needed more time. I thought we needed to be patient. But this ain't it. 
And you're starting to see that turn in the fan base of people that were, like you said, that were staunch Kenny supporters that were on his side that are now like, look, this this is not working. This is not Louisville basketball, and something has to change. So, And, and people are – listen, you can watch what's happening at the Yum Center. You can see the tweet from Louis Rebeau this afternoon mm. with – what we've seen the first two games at the Yum Center, people are making their opinions heard by just not being there. Yeah. And then, you know, the, the announced crowds have been 10,000, 11,000, but actual butts in the seats, you're looking at 5,700. And on average, Taylor, that's 500 less than last year. And so when your arena seats well over 22,000, and you're bringing in 5,700 people a game early on, that's just not, that ain't it either. No, that ain't going to get it. And, that, you know, the fans are speaking by not showing up. They're not spending their money. They're not going out there. And then, two, I think it's important to notice that, you know, restaurants, bars, businesses in and around the Yum Center, that district, they're hurting financially as well. And that, you know, Having 5,700 people at the Yum Center is not sustainable. That business, you know, the lack of business from those establishments from around the Yum Center, that's not sustainable. Mm-hmm. And and I think, too, we've, we've said this several times, you trust your eyes. You know, you know what, what you see. And there's been, you know, there was there's a, I think, by and large, the majority of the fan base is with us. Like, like all right. We're not being mean or negative or KP haters or whatever, right. but you trust what you see with your eyes. And what you see is still, you don't have a plan. Still, you're not playing with maximum effort. Still, you're making the same mistakes. Mm-hmm. The coach still does not have a good answer for the post game and makes it worse. So now that it doesn't become, you know, and if you're still out there saying you got to give them some more time, I mean, what more do you need to see? This isn't this isn't like Louisville had a rough start last year and then and then came on at all. No, you right. had the worst season in eighty two years, and then you're following that up with a loss to Kentucky Wesleyan and a loss to Chattanooga. Like, you, there is no cake that has to bake; it's been burned. <laughs> so, and, and and while I say that though, Taylor, I still think that. Louisville's going to win some games in the next couple of weeks. We're going to win tomorrow night, and I think they're going to win handily. I think, Taylor, this could be the only time that I'll consider betting for Louisville to cover the spread. Coppin State is that bad. In the Ken Palm, they're 360. There are 363 Division I teams. And at last check, Louisville was 175. That's terrible, and that's bad for Louisville standards. I mean, that's awful. Absolutely. But from a numbers perspective, and they're just two or three games in, they're still at the bottom of the bottom. Louisville might be the worst power conference team out there so far, but Coppin State is the worst Division I team out there so far. And I get it. If you lose to Kentucky Wesleyan, you can lose to anyone. But this game is not going to tell us anything. I fully expect Louisville to win handily. Now, it could tell us if for some reason it's a ball game, Louisville ekes by, you know, by single digits. Like they did against UMBC. 
Exactly. That like, okay, then this move has to be sped up um, and find a replacement because that's just, they're that bad. This has to be what I call a no headlines game, which is nothing comes of it. You win the game by 30. We don't really talk a ton about it beyond that. It's like, okay, they got the win. They took care of business. If there's a big headline following this game, it's because they either played too close or because somebody said something in the postgame presser, which we don't need. We need no headlines for once. For once, yes. And I do hope that you talk about it with me because I have you for the Coors Light Louisville basketball postgame show there tomorrow. But I do feel like, Taylor, <laughs> this is almost going to be like, what do you want to, you know, what are we going to be talking about when Louisville plays Texas on Sunday? What are we going to be talking about that after a likely loss, you're going to be playing Indiana if you go chalk? What are we going to be talking about those type of games? Because, again, the Coppin State, like, we should be, like, I don't want to have, I mean, Coppin State and UMBC are the two worst teams on the schedule. On paper, Absolutely. early early returns, they're both coming to fruition. After that, you go from one of the worst teams in the country to one of the best teams. And then even though Indiana, I'm going to assume, Taylor, that the Hoosiers lose to UConn, even with Indiana, they haven't looked like world beaters either, but they're still well coached. They've still found a way to win, and the two play and the two teams that they played against, Florida, Gulf Coast, and Army, are a lot better than UMBC and Chattanooga. So, Louisville's back's going to be up uh, up against the collective wall. At, but you know, at, at this time, I, like you said, man, the fans are speaking by not showing up. You you hear it. I hear it on the post game shows. You hear it on social media. You hear it on the show. You hear it on ESPN Louisville shows. People are done. We're done with wait. You know, let's see what happens. Let's let's give him time to get his players in here. And yes, it's just two games in, but you should be two and zero. This tri pack, we're all must wins. Mm-hmm. You needed to start three and zero going to New York City, and that alone, Taylor, wouldn't have still told you the whole story. No. He still has to. Again, the tournament is the bottom baseline expectation for this season, and it's the bottom baseline expectation for Louisville basketball. And then after that, we're talking about second weekends competing for Final Fours. We're not in that facility. We're not in the same atmosphere. No, not even close. Stratosphere, rather. Orbit, planet, whatever you want to say. So that's just... You know, it's 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 so disheartening. It's so sad. And, and, like, I'm not even mad that they lose. I'm mad at the mockery that the opponents take. Like, I don't want to see Leanne Rimes and Kentucky Wesleyan doing the handshake emoji congratulating each other for beating Louisville. I don't want to see Chattanooga's Twitter account have a dead cardinal bird with the L on it and then saying this is her first ACC win since 1985. You don't want to see Jeff Goodman posting mid-major game of the week Chattanooga versus Louisville. Yes. And that's that's what fires me up and boils my blood is the fact that KP has allowed this program to be where it is. He was hired to fix it and he's made it worse. Yes, and that's that's not even a debatable. And it point. was low before, so it's a, it's it's reached a new level of low. Yes, and that's like you can't argue that he's made it worse because he has. Let's open up the phone lines. Eighty-one fifty ninety-three nine is the number. You know the UPS jobs text line thirty-eight thirty-one ninety-three nine. Drew will lead things off tonight. Hey, Drew. 
Hey, guys. Hey, I love your show. I listen to it every week. And Thank you. You guys are hitting home some uh, pretty uh, strong points and everything. Ethan, I, I want to take your point of a step further, if you don't mind. We do need to get back to Louisville basketball. Here's kind of what I think a lot of us, you know, you're going to get your hardcore fans out there. They're, they're not going to, you know, they're always going to grind no matter what. But I'll, I'll say it again, uh, Ethan and uh, Taylor, and, uh, uh, you know, the majority of us, I, I dare say that, you know, Louisville fans are the most uh, patient in the country. We'll work with you. Look at the look at the volleyball team. We lost to North Carolina State. We're going to work with you. You know, she's got a good program going. Uh, the baseball team didn't make the playoffs last year. We'll work with Coach Mack. He's a good coach and everything like that. So I, I think we have the most, uh, the most patient fan base in the country. But we have a certain bar that we have, and it's just and that, that I think we stick to more than any other fan base in the country. And let me get that in a minute. If you just bear with me for a second, uh, I just think that uh, basically, um, I think that uh, the uh, I mean, as much as I like Kenny Payne as a coach, I think he's an excellent coach. Uh, here's here's what I think that you know the card the Cardinal fan base most of them are complaining about is the fact that uh, you know let let me talk about parity for a second. Everybody talks about parity, and yes, hey, I got a nephew. He's a head team physician for the Atlanta Braves. I, I watched him play for several years. Ain't nobody got to tell me about any given day. You know, I watched him play for several years, and that's where he got to now. But uh, so you know, with that said, so yes, the no on parity. The no part of me. Gentlemen, I follow. My, I've been following my cardiac card. I've been following my cardiac card since I was knee high to a grasshopper. You know, the early '80s when you had Scooter and Ronnie and Charles Scuba Jones and Poncho Wright and Daryl Griffin and Milt Wagner. You know, um, they didn't lose five times out of ten to Tennessee Jack mm-hmm. Gentlemen, they beat them ten times out of ten, and many times quite badly. So, you know, in the, the point I'm trying to make is, you know, uh, hey, we'll work with you. I mean, we're patient. And I like what you said. The Cardinal fans, they'll support a winner. I've been to other places where they had a winner, and they didn't, you know, the stadium was half full. Oh, not in Louisville. We're top ten in attendance in several different sports, in men's basketball or women's basketball, but the winner, we're going to be there. I mean, yeah. Definitely. Most definitely. My point is, my point is, but, you know, with that said, you know, lo- you know lo- <laughs> losing to Tennessee Chattanooga is just unacceptable. That's not Cardinal basketball. Losing to Kentucky Westland on our own floor is unacceptable. Let me say, let me. I'm about to wrap this up, so bear with me. Something on Dick Vitale once said when he was a coach. He said, "You get if you lose a triple overtime, triple overtime game to Duke, you know you can motivate the troops, you can motivate us Cardinal fans. We'll work with you, and we'll get you. You know, like I said, the baseball team. We're, we're fired up this year and everything, you know. But if you get beat by 50 points, you just want to know why you got into coaching in the first place. That's what us Cardinal fans are basically saying about you know Kenny Payne. That's something I say to his face because I think he's a great guy." Hey, Taylor Lynch, you're right. He is a great guy. But the problem I think we're running into is it's just like I said. It's just that, you know, it, it, when you're losing to the Tennessee Chattanoogas and you're losing to the Kentucky Westlands, we're wondering what the heck's going on. That's mm-hmm. just, you know, it's just, it's unacceptable. I'll guarantee you, Rodney Scooter did not lose to Tennessee Chattanooga or Kentucky Westlands. But at the end of the day, with that said, you guys, you know, I, like I said, I want to take your step or your point a step further, Ethan, because you make a good point. We need to get back to Louisville basketball. And, that was, I think, it would be that would be stuff that I mentioned. I think would definitely not just because I said it, but I just think it would just take it in the right direction. At, but at the end of the day, if other people got better, you know, if they if they can come up with a better idea, I'm more than willing to listen because I don't care who gets the credit. As long as my Cardinals get a W, that's all I really give a hang about. You guys got a super show. I listen to you every week, and I just got one more thing to say: Go Cards. That's all right, Drew. Yes. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. Yeah, I like what he said, Taylor. About the fans will work with you. Yes, they will. And 
um, you know, we're certainly demanding, but we've we we've earned that right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We, and and so you don't have you know a top ten program of all time, and you know and and Coach Payne has said as much has said as much. I you know I expect you know I would expect the fans to be upset that we're not winning. Um, you know I would expect that they should have found the remedies for this, um, but we still don't have an offensive identity. We still don't have a game plan. We still don't know what we don't going. have a defensive identity either. Yeah, we don't know what's going. Like, Other than not to guard three point shooters. Yeah, or a close out, or close out, or yeah. rotate, or communicate, or set a screen. Yeah, or defend a screen. You know. Other than that, they're doing great. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, but see, that is just the traditional middle school, <clears throat> grade school type of stuff, like boxing out, closing out on shooters, communicating, rotating, like knowing what you want to do, but then. At some point, though, too, Taylor, like if you see the same thing happening with different players, it's on the coaches. Mm-hmm. Period. End of story. And I, I'm getting more and more annoyed with KP blaming the players. Now, who say, well, we'll take the, I take the blame, and I'll, and you know, the coaches take the blame. But then all that is is he he's not going to tell you what he's doing differently. He's then he's all about well, so and so didn't do this, so and so didn't do that. Hell, Jeff Brom's in the top 10, 9-1, and one, and he's sitting there saying, you know what, it's on me. I need to find ways to get AHB the ball more. Absolutely. I need to find a way to get my slot receivers the ball more. We've got to stop putting – I have to stop putting so much on Jack Plummer's shoulders. Yeah. I've got to find a way to make him more comfortable. He's taking responsibility, and his team is winning. That's <clears> my <throat> biggest frustration with Kenny Payne. It's not the fact that – I mean, losing's bad enough, but when you start throwing people under the bus and you complain about your players and this and that, you need to step up and say, this is what we're going to do better. my responsibility to teach these guys. It's not, oh, these guys didn't come out and play with effort. That's on you. If they don't come out and play with effort, that's because the coaching staff didn't yeah. properly get them ready to go di- – I know effort shouldn't have to be taught and everything, but it is reflective yeah. on the coaching staff. That's my biggest complaint about Kenny Payne is the post-game pressers more than the actual games themselves. Because they're just the same stuff every single Nothing week. changes. And there's no. no substance. No. It's just a bunch of platitudes and yeah, we got, you know, we're, we didn't bring we didn't bring the same intensity as Chattanooga. For some reason we didn't for whatever reason. For whatever reason. Like for some reason. Yeah, I got reason. I gotta get these guys to understand what it is that we're trying to do. Kenny, none of us know what the hell you're trying to do. What are you do. trying to do? We and don't, they know. don't know. You don't he know. doesn't know what he's trying to do. And I, the, and it's obvious. It's evident that the players don't. They're thinking too much. What do we always talk about like in football all the time, especially when you play defense, the more you have to think, the better the offense is going to be. It seems like they're thinking too much out there. And, and, it, and it's so simplistic. If you're try, It looks to me that you're just trying to run the dribble drive without the quickness that you need. And then when you're, and then Luke was talking with, with Mark today, and he has two bigs on the floor at the same time, and that's clogging up more of the lane yes. for your guys that could try to get to the basket more. And you're not rebounding the way that you should be rebounding with two bigs on the floor. But why are you running with two bigs if you're trying to do a dribble? Like, But we still don't know because he doesn't know. No. It, he doesn't know because we would have known that by now. You could see that with your own eyes. Lawrence, he's been mad. We're getting mad. I know he's mad still. What's going on, boss? Hey, hey, Taylor. What's up, man? I'm agitated. Yes, what's up? <laughs> Feel I've that. I've been agitated for the last couple of days. I've been angry at this coach. 
I've been angry at his staff. I've been angry at his players. Every time I try not to be angry at this team, my head hurts. It hurts. I'm, I'm trying to calm down. I can't calm down, Ethan. I can't calm down because I'm mad because I support this guy. You know how much I support this guy, Ethan. Mm-hmm. You know how much I was there trying, trying to make a suit for this guy. Yeah. But the last game was the last draw for me. I couldn't take it no more. I hate seeing my team like this. I hate seeing the program like this right now. Yeah. We're supposed to be be celebrating the fact that the rural football team may have a chance to go to the college football playoffs. Can we do that even right now? No, we can't do that because we're more concerned about this basketball program right now. Because this is a basketball state. Am I wrong about that? No, you're not wrong at all. (laughs) I'm just, uh uh-oh. Like, they may end up winning this game tomorrow. But... If this is a close game tomorrow, I'm going to call mad, even if they win. But, yeah, this game close, you should. This, this game is not going to tell us anything, Lawrence. This game tells us nothing. And, I say, and, what, and what did I say to you before the season started? We're going to see what this team really made of for the first 12 games before they play Kentucky. And we already know what this team made of. An idiot guy who don't know what he's doing. A team a guard who don't who don't play no type of defense. Guys, when they get to the rim, want to pass it out to a to a shooter instead of taking their throw to the to the rim. No 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 responsibility for for the way your players are playing right now because you don't want to take a responsibility saying you ain't doing nothing wrong. You doing everything wrong. You oh, see, breathe, take a breath. It's all right. But, but but Lawrence, I mean, your call right now encapsulates what Cardination is is feeling. I mean, you can't watch. You have average everyday fans that are watching, and you're like, "What is this? What?" At one point, it was a 21 point deficit. Yeah. To Chattanooga at home, at home, and you're just like, what? You, and you, you know just, what? Oh I mean, yeah, like it's hard to put words. You know what? Jeff Wallace had better first comments than Kenny Payne right now. Oh, well, he's a much better coach. I mean, Jeff Wallace, you heard what Jeff Wallace said after, after that Paul game this past Sunday. Yeah. You yeah. learn more about winning than you do about losing. Yeah, he and hates the term down, a bad, were, yeah, a good loss. Mm-hmm. There's no such thing. When they were down, when they were down in the in that first quarter, did they give up? No, they they played hard. They kept they kept battling, and look what happened. They came out with a victory. Mm-hmm. Now, if we, now when this team get down double digits, are they gonna work hard? Nope. Are they gonna are they gonna play hard? Nope. They just gonna they gonna wait till the last two minutes of game start start playing basketball. Yeah. What what kind of stuff is that? It's uh, it, they're they a reflection you know, of the coaching staff, I, man. I, I, I can't. I, I'm done because I'm gonna I'm gonna end up I'm gonna end up popping a vessel if I keep on talking about this man. Well, well, Lawrence, I tell you what. Hopefully, when we talk tomorrow night, the cards will have played at least a little better, and you can get a, a somewhat of a reprieve and I not get as fired that. up. I yeah. don't know about that. I, <laughs> I don't know about that. Yeah, you're right. You're probably not. But still, you know, we, we can at least hope. Lawrence, thanks for the phone call, buddy. Appreciate it. I mean, the thing about it is this team, you talk about how they don't respond, how – they they don't know what's going on either. You watch that game against Chattanooga, and they had so many opportunities in that game where they just they played no they just weren't playing defense. 
They they let Chattanooga shoot wherever they wanted to, from wherever they wanted to. Uh, they they shot a great percentage from beyond the arc. Uh, the mocks did. And then finally, at the end of the game, when Louisville cuts into the lead and they get it close, and you've got a minute or so left, they're coming down the court, and they need to foul. They need to foul quick. Yeah, and they let like and 20 seconds to go off. Yeah. They let 20 seconds. They decided then to play defense. For the first time all night long, they decide to play defense when all they need to do is foul and send them to the line. It was it's like a microcosm of Kenny Payne as the head coach here, and yeah. and the thing about it, and Bob mentioned this uh, in the post game the other night that it's it's not that the guys don't look like they're giving effort and playing hard. It does. It yeah. looks like they're giving effort. The problem is they don't know what it is they're supposed to be doing mm -hmm. they're just out there doing stuff yeah but they don't know what stuff it is that they're supposed to be doing it's like a it's a semi-organized game of pickup yeah like a semi-organized semi are we well, really organized well we, we have jerseys with numbers on them did you we do. See, did you see the stat i think it was since the start of the denny crumb era up until about two years ago they hadn't lost a november <laughs> home game yeah in like 50 years and now they've lost seven. Oh, laura oh, lawrence oh. is talking about uh you know burst in a blood vessel that th those are the type of stats that you just throw out there and you there's no rebuttal for it well your boy thought he was going to bust a blood vessel on friday night when we we had some calls and one of the calls ended with well you know denny crumb was a first year head first time head coach when we hired him and i literally thought i was going to end the show like right there I, I was ready to sign off and be done with it. You should have. He was the head coach at Pierce Junior College. I'm like, God. You should have walked off like Stephen A. when Skip Bayless said that Tim Tebow is more box office than LeBron. Like That is the most ridiculous comparison. Denny Crum had years Denny of experience under John Wood, and he yeah. went to the Final Four when right away. Yeah. Don't ever compare Kenny Payne and Denny Crum in any circumstance other than to say Kenny Payne played for Denny Crum, right. which is accurate. Like, That's it. We're not listening to... Let's give him time to get his players in here. He has his players in here. Yeah. And you've lost to Kentucky Wesleyan and Chattanooga. Yeah, That's guys, not a good excuse guys anyway. Guys stayed for four years when Denny Crum was the head coach. Mm -hmm. That doesn't, that's not, it's a, it's a totally different world. And this is me saying, you know, I heard a lot, of, I'm sure you got, you heard on your post games and social media, you, you have people like, you know, we might not win as many games as last year or, no. but I, I, I this is coming from somebody that I, I think we're going to win. A few more games Ooh. in the non-conference. Now the losses are going to start piling up in January. But like, if you like, I'm I'm sitting here right now on November what thirteenth, fourteenth, fourteenth. I mean, I think we'll they're going to win tomorrow. I think they beat New Mexico State. Bellarmine's a toss-up. I think they beat Arkansas State. I think they beat. Pepperdine. Now, again, that's not nearly good enough. That will get you fired because you're not beating the team up the road. You're not winning in New York City. You're gonna you're gonna be um, you're just gonna go on a long losing streak in January. So, um, Diener this morning was reading off Ken Palm and those teams that I just mentioned were wins again through two or three games early data points. 
But he also said, um, starting with the team up the road, the next win was projected to be middle of February against Georgia Tech and home. So you're talking about you're not winning a game in January. You're not winning until halfway through February. So, you know, if that plays out, then, you know, you're you're having a coaching change. And and it's not a difficult decision. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't have 5,700 people in the Yum Center lose to the teams you're losing to, not get any better, say the, see the same things happen with new players. Like, you don't have a leg to stand on. You have no rebuttal. It's not an argument. That's the most damning part about it. It's not the losing. It's the fact that there are 5,700 people in a 22,000, 23,000 seat arena showing up. That's not even barely, that's barely a fourth of the crowd that's filled at all these games. <clears throat> if you're losing money and games, there is no decision to be made. Yeah. We're going to get to Christmas, and this Louisville basketball team will be 4 and 8. Okay. I'm not going to argue with you. And in my opinion, if Louisville is four and eight, then the last game that Kenny Payne coached as the Louisville head coach should be, have been that game against the team up the road. When we when we play in Charlottesville in Virginia, or on January third at Virginia, there should be an interim in place. I'm telling you right now, fans, prepare yourself, and I'm not even prepared for it to see the Yum Center on December 21st. 60% that disgusting royal blue. Mm-hmm. And I shudder to think what that place is going to look like with this program going on the trajectory that it's going on. And you know, there's... there's Blue gets in! <laughs> and Oh, Blue won't have to try to get in. No. Blue no. will be handed tickets and, and to I get think in. again, you talk about indictments. You know, Zach read off that stat about, you know, 59-0... and 0, and then now with Payne, they're three and six in November home games. Mm-hmm. You see that on television, and our and our beloved Cardinals getting the doors blown off of them again at the Yum by the arch rival in a quasi home game on your home court because of what you've done with the program. I mean, again, that's another that is just another exhibit. One million one, yeah. As to why this just hasn't worked out. So I prepare think, yourself. So I agree. I think Louisville probably wins tomorrow night. Yeah, I mean, dude, th- you can roll the ball out there, Taylor, and not have coaches on the sideline. Coppin State probably is be that better bad. off. My, I'm not going to argue with you, uh, but I I think they're going to get their blo- doors blown off by Texas. They're going to lose to either UConn or Indiana. I think they come home and they beat New Mexico State, but I think they lose to Bellarmine and Virginia Tech. <clears throat> Uh, I think they lose on the road at DePaul. I DePaul think, is terrible, too, yeah. I think they lose at home to Arkansas State. I think they beat Pepperdine. And I think they lose uh, to the team up the road to end I'm, December. I'm not going to... I think they're 4-8. and eight. I'm not going to argue with you there. I mean, at the beginning of the season, or the or at our pre-season show, when we, when we just glossed over the schedule, I said, the absolute worst with this non-conference slate that Louisville needs to be in in year two, given the teams in the non-con they play should be eight and four. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And those four losses were against the teams that would, you know, be a, would have like a pulse and be in the NCAA tournament. Mm -hmm. Virginia Tech, the two teams in New York. And And the the team team up the road. road. 
What was our preseason picks as far as how many games have we picked? Them I to said win? I said they go fourteen and 17. yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what I said as well. I think we were on the same page as that, and that's. I'm think, I'll, I'll like give them. I'll give them five and seven out of conference. I think they'll win one that Taylor doesn't expect. Who's doing post game tomorrow? By the way, this guy. Yeah, they'll win. There. They're gonna win then. Yeah. If yeah, it was so. you, yeah. Nuh-uh. If it was me, they would lose to conference. No, State, no, 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 no. There no, would no, be no, no. no jinx. Death taxes and you getting all the winning post game shows. That's what was. How many wins did rules. you have last year? One. Yeah. <laughs> and then like none the year before. Was I think it was a Clemson game that you yeah. won, right? I had we Cle- did that one. I had the Clemson game. We did that one together. I had yep. none the year before. Uh, yeah. Man. You got all the wins. Would you be willing to give this up in order for Louisville basketball to be good again? No, because at least State. I get paid to watch this bleep <laughs> show. <laughs> I mean, Coppin State, yeah, but Coppin State, I mean, you again, you're not going to learn anything from Coppin State. No, you're not. You're not. You, you only, better not. The only thing, yeah. Well, yeah, the yeah. only thing, the only thing you're going to learn yeah. is is something negative. You're going to learn that they you're you're going to have they are who we, we thought they are. But like, still, but this is what the the puzzling part is before we get to Marcus. This is the puzzling part is like when I see a quick score update, Bellerman is up 3 on Chattanooga at Chattanooga with 3 minutes to play. Let's go Knights. Did you just Let's say go Knights. Swords up. Swords did, up. Did you just say Louisville would lose to Yeah. Yeah, I told you Louisville's going to lose. Let to Louisville finish runner up in their own city again. <laughs> again, I'm just saying. Uh, I hate that this is funny, but it's but you either laugh or you cry. Indeed. Like how the mighty have fallen. This is ridiculous. It's sad. This is not Louisville it's basketball. Sad it's sad. It's disgusting. Yeah. This is disgusting. It really is. Marcus, help us out, man. How you doing? Ethan, my man, good to talk to you again. Likewise, um, I want I wanted to make I wanted to make three points about everything that's going on. So I'm not going to lie, I I was, you know, I, I I did support Kenny coming here. I, you know, I wanted him to be here, and heck, even last year, I was I was uh, convinced. Oh well, maybe it was just the players that were the problem, and, and everything. But I, I just wanted to get to this point. I, I don't blame Josh Hurd for not for bringing Kenny back it was a, a complicated situation. However, the one uh, disagreement that I have with him is that he kept – he didn't pressure Kenny to make any changes to his staff. Because I think about when, when you know, after that – after the Kobe or after Louisville missed the tournament in 2021, how Vince Tyree – I mean, let's, let's be real. I feel like Chris Mack was forced to fire Luke Murray and Dino Gatti. Mm-hmm. Those two got fired for far less. Great point. We were thirteen and seven. We were thirteen and seven with a bunch of games that got canceled. Had those games been played, we would have been in the tournament. I I just don't get how you look at everything that happened and you still you know don't put any pressure on your coach to at least consider making a change. So that's the one criticism that I have of Josh Hurd. Uh, the second thing is is like right now the situation that we're in. It's like when you're in a relationship that you know isn't working. And you know that you're not happy, but you're still dreading breaking up. And I feel like, you know, given what we've seen so far and what's ahead, I just feel like it's just better to go on and rip the Band-Aid off. Because I'm thinking about it like this, like, you guys, like, y'all, y'all sound very, you know, at least confident that we can win a, another game. From what I'm seeing, man, we can lose the Cockney State tomorrow. <laughs> We almost lost the FAMU last year. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You're taking Coppin State to cover. Marcus, the spread. Now, what are you doing? The spread uh, just released a couple hours ago, 18 and a half. 
Louisville's favorite. Hoppin' State money line. You're not even taking the point. I'm, I'm, not I'm even make, the point. I, I'm making that bread, man. Look, I'm betting on three apps, so I'm going to make a, a good chunk of money tomorrow. <laughs> Look, I, I'm just saying, man. It, like, it, it's just it's just like, man, watching them, they just it, – it's not the players, man. They, they, they don't – it's not that they're not playing hard. They they're playing like they just don't know what to do. Exactly. Like they're so they're so and it makes them so guardable because like we got guys that can get to the lane and get you know what I mean on paper can get to the lane and and create their own shots, but the offense they, they don't know what they're doing. You know what I mean? Oh it's yeah. Not they can't make shots. It's just that they're the shots are rushed. They they there's no flow to them, and they, they you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it just doesn't look fluid. And I don't know, man. Like. Like I said, it, it just it, it hurts me to see that the program is in this in this shape, man. And I hate it. I hate it for Kenny because we all want we all love Kenny, and, you know. And then on paper, like you can't really. I mean, everybody was wanting to hire him. College game day, the the, the week after Matt got fired, college, people in college game day were like, "Well, we should hire Kenny." Everybody mm-hmm. said that we should hire him. Mm-hmm. So it, it just is one of those things where it doesn't work out. But I'm just saying we need to go in and cut that cord now because I mean I'm thinking about. The record, the cumulative record in two years, we could be like five and fifty-six, man. The, and, and like I'm just being real. Not only can the Yum Center not uh, survive on that, the brand can't survive on that. Yeah, I, I don't want to end up like Georgetown. Georgetown's yeah. a, a, a historic program, and they still haven't recovered. You know, I don't want to end up like Indiana, where it takes ten years to to bring the program back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm just saying that even even if we win tomorrow, I'm I'm scared. My fear is we're going to win tomorrow. The staff's going to start beating their chest again. Then we're going to go out on Sunday and get blown out by 55 or something, and then it's going to be the same thing. And then we're going to start questioning. So I'm just like, look, look, Jimbo, they, they, they didn't fire Jimbo after winning by 41 points. <laughs> yep. That's all I'm going to say. So so we, I'm just saying, we, I, I, know, it's, I know it takes a lot to, to get that decision made, but we, you know, the brand cannot survive that, and the young center cannot survive that. But good to talk to you all. First time I've, I've been able to listen in a while, so I, I'm, I'm always glad to listen to y'all. Uh, hopefully we get that W on Saturday. Head to Charlotte, man. Y'all take it easy, guys. That's what's up. Thanks, Marcus. Yeah, and we will talk football um, roughly probably hour number two because um, after the Duke-Michigan State game and the Champions Classic, ESPN will release week three of the college football playoff rankings, and yep. we can react live to that. Looks like Michigan State is making a comeback here, and they did show somebody in a hideous sequence wildcat sweater. Wow. <sighs> How was that again? <laughs> oh yeah, I mean that's that was the sound that looked like the cat would make on the sweater. Yes. Let's go. Let's go. Uh, bang out some UPS job text line texts at thirty-eight thirty-one ninety-three-nine. Shall we? We shall. Texter says, um, let me see here. Um, hold on, let's see. You got to proof. It, th- no. This is the time. You got to proofread some of these. The last time we looked, uh, I have looked, zero recruits for next year, not even one commit, can't even dream about future players. Well, there is one, TJ Robinson. Um, he is a three-star guard from New Jersey. Um, top 150-ish type of prospect. Um, he is the lone commit for the 24 class. And Taylor, I can't tell you for sure if he signed his national letter of intent. Believe it or not, signing week was last week. <laughs> like, you don't realize that. 
And it was. I don't Bruh. know if T.J. Robinson signed. Now, he committed, but if he did sign, I missed it. But that's part of the problem. I don't remember seeing it. How many times, though, when you talk to friends and you're and you're like, oh, I forgot we played, or I'm not watching it, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, like, And I don't blame anybody because all it is is frustrating. I mean, just listen to the callers tonight. Listen to the text line. We're going to fire off some more texts. I mean... People are patience was done last year, and then when you have the results that you do, followed by the uh, ridiculous press conferences and the explanations, if you want to call them that, or the lack of explanations, yes, and it's just like the lack of ownership. It's only going to make it worse. Uh, wish KP would have at least uh, given us the Deion Sanders. You better get us now. We coming, whether he believes it or not. Yeah, yeah. at least you have some, you know, some bravado. Um, fan base being upset is a good thing for now. We don't want a state of apathy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Sunday is going to look like Hawaii did last year in the Maui. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I think, I think, yeah, Yeah. I definitely think Texas is going to, uh, uh, the Longhorns are going to gore the Cardinals. Wow. There you go. How about it? Um, darn it. Just sitting here watching Marquette play defense, making Illinois look like T2. Shaka Smart is a is a name that's you know he's you know, been a name that's been floating around here a couple of times. He's been interested in the job in the past, and I tell you right now, I would be on board. I'm uh, still on the he, must bus. He's got to he's got to win in the tournament though. Yeah. After that run, that Final Four run against v, with VCU, very little tournament results. And let's face it, you got to have a coach that has experience, and you got to have a coach that has NCAA tournament results here at Louisville. Um, but wouldn't it be nice to be complaining about that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we got to the tournament. We didn't win. Oh, yeah. I mean, hearing your name called in Selection Sunday. I mean, what? <sighs> we miss it. Oh, gosh, we miss it. Um, I would like to hear what his biggest backers like Jerry Eves has to say at this <laughs> point. Yeah. Yeah. You're not hearing as much from uh, Jerry as you did um, all last year. Uh, he was one blaming the players quite a bit as well. Yep. Um, let's see. Uh, Texter says, after the U.K. game, let's put Kenny on the U.K. bus and make them take him back. <laughs> um, Texter says, I'm going to be booking a vacation in March again. Yep. My kids are at the age where I don't think they will ever be UFL fans. Three generations down the toilet. That is something that I Somebody mentioned brought that up on last the year. Post Chris, Chris yeah. Hatfield did. And that is one other dynamic, Taylor, that just infuriates me. As you have younger kids that go and you ha- they haven't been able to witness great Louisville basketball. I mean, you know, we, we take... Uh, our girls to at least one home football game a year. Uh, we took them to the Duke game uh, this year. We took them to the Wake Forest romp last year, and so they know they have you know a good understanding of Louisville football. It's, they're good, um, but then last you know in basketball season, mm-hmm. my kid, my girls would come up to me and think, "Daddy, did Louisville win?" Or and then at, it started out that way, and then towards the end, more often than not, last couple of years, did Louisville lose again? Oof. And oh. it's just like, oh, Oof. it just hurts your heart because they've been so bad. And like, Daddy, why aren't you, why are you not even getting mad? I'm like, well, <laughs> it happens. <laughs> well, uh, it happens uh, much too often, and and it, it it hurts your soul. 
It hurts you it as, a, as a person, as it a fan. It absolutely does. And it hurts the city. It, it's just, it's so, dis- again, disheartening is the word. I mean, sometimes, you know, you're you're mad, you're angry, you're sad. I'm mad. <laughs> Loyal Lawrence. They're lucky people are still mad because the next step is just indifference. That's the worst place you could be is indifference. But you're absolutely right. Like I, genera- I think that's where I am with, with the game. Yeah. You cannot have future generations just not care because what reason do they have to care? They know nothing except losing there yeah. all the great stories about rick patino and denny crumb those are all stories like people read history books all the time but it doesn't register with them unless they see it in real life like everything that happened before they were born might as well be a movie so if they just don't see louisville basketball being good for a long time yeah that is going to be a problem like the text they're, they're going gonna, ham they're going to turn this city into a football city because younger generations are going to associate as louisville, fo- louisville football good Louisville yeah. basketball, not, not so good. good. Well, and I think, though, too, um, shout out to Coach Leaves, but you saw what the city did to rally around the TBT team. Yes, Louisville absolutely. basketball fans are jonesing They're for dying to support a winner. To get back to an exciting brand of basketball, to winning. The support and the passion and the fire will be there. Would the fan thought process be different if – Let's say they won 10 games last year, but they were an exciting team that went up and down the floor. They scored a lot of points, maybe gave up a lot of points, but at least it's an entertaining style of basketball to watch. Would the fan base think differently if that were the case? Maybe. I'd say you probably needed to win a few more games than 10, but you could have easily last year, you could have had a losing record, which again, historically unacceptable, but given the context of what went on, like I said at, at nauseum last year, instead of four and twenty-eight, if you're fourteen and eighteen, okay, all right, yeah, last year wasn't great. We're going to bring a top ten recruiting class in, and let's see what happens there. But instead, you were so bad. But then, like we said, we doubled down when KP was asked in that Boston College game yep. in the ACC tournament. Are you? It's a conversation you and I had just a little while ago. What are you going to say? You know, are you going to meet with Josh Hurd to kind of you know check on your job status, whatever, and then. Why would you ask me that? He was stunned. I love Josh, and he loves me. Would and you it, do anything different? No. <laughs> what do you mean, no? And then, and then the other one, the follow up is like, um, are you going to look to make any coaching changes? Why would I do that? I have the best staff in America, and like, you Bruh. can't say that, and you can't come off so aloof after you win four games. It's not. It's not like you won twenty four and you lost in an upset in the first or second round of the yeah, tournament. No. It's not like you, you won. You didn't even make it. You didn't even sniff the tournament. Um, Texter said he did not sign. Strebel was all over that one. And, yeah. You know, at this point, like, I mean, would you? could you blame him? Yeah. I mean, um, can we start a GoFundMe to get Lawrence a new phone? That Nokia brick is on its last leg. <laughs> Lawrence, I feel you, man. I get that. Once I got my... Um, my equipment at home fixed. You know, I was in a bunk or two or in a bathroom stall. Yeah. Um, so, so I feel you on that. Um, Texter says, the Louisville brand program can be revived in 24-25 with the right hire. A big-time coach can get in the transfer portal and make a splash. Pittsburgh did it, so can Louisville. Now, it did take Pittsburgh a while, but Texter, you're right. Absolutely. With the right hire, you're back in business at a school like Louisville with the resources yeah. and everything. Especially because of how quickly you can flip a roster on its head 
in college basketball right now. Because this isn't a three-year rebuild or a three-year turnaround anymore. You can be good immediately. Right. If you get the right class, I mean, what, Iowa State a couple years ago won two games, then the very next year they were in the Sweet 16, Kansas State wasn't very good, mm-hmm. and a year or two they're in the Elite Eight. Like There is no more... It takes three or four years to build a program. No, you have the ability to flip a roster immediately and become good immediately. Um, Strebel just texted me as well, said he didn't sign. So, shout shouts out to, to Strebel for confirming that. Yeah. Shout out to Strebel for but, listening. But that's right. the thing, too. Yeah. <laughs> right. Big rig represent. Yeah. But, like, that's the one thing, too. Like, as a Louisville basketball fan, Taylor, it is remarkable how – we don't even know that it was National Signing Day last week. Yeah. Like, you don't... Didn't even think about it. Yeah, because, like, you don't have any names. Carter Knox is not coming to Louisville. Mm-mm. I mean, I, I don't want to see an article about, yeah, he's Louisville's in his top four. Well, he ain't coming here. All right? I mean, he has eyes just like we do. That ain't happening. But those are the type of players we were told that KP would bring in here. And it would make up for his lack of head coaching experience. Not so much. No. Texter says, what other jobs are going to be open this year that we have to compete with for a coach? Possibly Michigan State. Any other high-level jobs? As Michigan of, State's not coming open. Let's yeah. get that out of the way. I don't. Yeah, I don't think Izzo's going to go anywhere any, I don't think so anytime soon. But, like, I'm still going to beat my chest that Louisville's a top five-ish, top ten job. So, let other big dogs come open. There's no cloud anymore. No, all of that's gone. And so you have, again, you have the resources at your disposal, the facilities, whatever. The right coach can turn this bad boy around quickly and can bring back an exciting brand of basketball. Absolutely. And we're still not going to expect Final Fours or National Championships yet. We do expect competent coaching, a solid quality product on the floor, and players playing hard, giving them their maximum effort, and knowing what the game plan is, and knowing how to execute. I just want to be excited about a Louisville basketball right? game again, Wouldn't instead it be of nice? feeling like it's an obligation. I just want to go into a game feeling like, okay, we're playing a top 10 team, and we got a real chance to actually win this game. Yeah. Texter says, I know Coach Leibs won't answer this, but what's the next? But what's next? Because we all know KP is not the answer. I think Coach Leib, the interim answer, is the answer, honestly. Yeah. I mean... No complaints for me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you saw what he did at the TBT. You saw, I mean, if you listen to him on the airwaves and you watch his film breakdowns, mm-hmm. the little minute details that he mentions, are you kidding me? Like, I didn't even think of that. Like, he's breaking Neither it down. Neither did the staff. Well, I mean, and it, but it's evident. <laughs> and that's not a slight. Like, again, you trust your eyes. You know what you see. And you're just like, what? Why aren't you. Why aren't you rotating? Is that a closeout? You got you got shook that bad by a ball fake, and then you you know spiraled out of bounds. Like, come on, guys! You knew that they were going to come in and shoot threes, right? Texture said the and only you still didn't block out. Yeah. Texture said the only change I would have made on the Louisville coaching staff was Danny Manning. Yeah. Yeah. Jerome Tang and Chris Beard bring them, please. Um, Jerome Tang. Why did Louisville drop to a ne- number 11 in the playoff poll? The poll has not been updated yet. It should update here in the next half hour or so. Yeah, my guess is it's probably going to be around 930 because there's about four minutes to go in the Duke-Michigan State game. Yep. yep. And we're still going to talk football, so 
I know Taylor over here is he's starting to sweat a little bit. A little bit. A little bit. But we're we're going to talk Louisville football because they have a massive, massive game in Miami Gardens. Plus, it's Rock time Stadium. to make people money. Yeah. Our bets have been pretty good lately. Yeah. They have indeed. Um, what time's pregame? Nine? It would be nine, yeah. Look at that. Rise and shine. That's right. Let's do it. Little kegs and eggs. There we go. All right. It's time for our uh, mid-show break. Let's go ahead and take that. If we want to finish up, uh, put a bow on some basketball talk, we can do that. And then we're going to flip the script to football as your 9-1 and one and number 9 in the AP poll. For now, Louisville Cardinals take on Miami after an emotional loss um, to their in-state rival Florida State last weekend. The quarterback who started for the Canes is banged up. Um, they're going back to TBD to see if he can, you know, maybe spark some magic. Hopefully, he still has that turnover bug. We'll see. And, yeah, we'll see what happens. I but mean, he did as soon as he checked into the game against Florida, right? Florida State. So, you know, could be a sleepier Hard Rock Stadium with it being a noon kick coming off um, an emotional loss to a rival. We'll see what happens. But let's do this. Wrap up the basketball talk. Get into football. Hour number two straight ahead. You're listening to Louisville Sports Live right here on 93.9 The Ville. Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com careers. That's opcpest.com careers. Keep playing. Keep working. Keep going. And keep moving with the exceptional orthopedic care at Baptist Health. With an experienced team and a full line of advanced services and procedures, it's no wonder most people choose Baptist to help them keep on keeping on. Visit baptisthealth.com ortho to find a Baptist Health provider. As DJ Premier and Gangstar bring us back, hour number two of Louisville Sports Live. I'm Ethan, he's Taylor, Zachy C behind the glass. Talking all things UFL football and basketball right now. No recruiting because it's not going on in basketball. Hearing some buzz, though, T-Money, about Louisville football. A lot of cryptic tweets. You saw those, too? Yes. Can can Pierce reclaim the title (laughs) of best in-house recruiter? If you get get Ruben Owens and DeAndre Moore back in the fold. Yeah. Have at it. I mean, can you imagine if we place, replace Jawar Jordan with Ruben Owens? And I'm assuming Jawar is going pro. Mm-hmm. I mean, if he wants to come back, please do. Um, and then, you know, if you would replace Thrash with more. Bruh. Telling you. Telling you. and But that's how, talking about the lack of excitement with the round ball, but not with football. 
you have that. You have a team that's competing on the national level. You have a team that's even getting discussed. And, you know, by all intents and purposes, they're not going to make the playoff. But the fact that you have – they're a betting There's option. There's a discussion even there, yes. They, they are up on the board to bet for the national championship in football. Yeah. In week, what, it was just 12? It's we fantastic. Del- yeah, yeah, yeah. You beat Miami, you're in the ACC championship. You lose to Miami and UNC gets beat by Clemson, you're in the ACC championship year one under Braum. That's wild. I've said it before, I'll say it again. If he wins 10 games this year, ACC should be ACC coach of the year. Absolutely, 100%. And that's only because Florida State... I mean, Norvell has done a hell of a job. Yep. Don't get me wrong. No question. But Florida State, if you look at it, Florida State was picked to win the league and picked to go to the to the football playoff. Remember Louisville, Taylor, what, in the ACC, coaches, media picked them seventh, right? Or yes. eighth? Uh, seventh, I believe it was. Seventh or eighth. And if you finish second and in the top 10, top 15, wherever they, whatever happens these last two games, mm-hmm. should be ACC coach of the year. I mean, if Satterfield won it for an eight-win season, then he's Jeff has to win it for <clears throat> right doing what he's done, getting to an ACC championship yep. game potentially. Uh, a couple more basketball tweets, and then we'll move, move on to football. Drum Tang doesn't have enough experience yet, in my opinion. He's a fine name, but Josh needs to knock this one out of the park. Um. <clears throat> They already screwed the Louisville women basketball team ranking. They better not do it to the football team. Yeah. How does Louisville win twice, beating a, a solid DePaul team, and then fall two spots in the rankings? And it's early. Yeah, that's ridiculous. And at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter too much. But that's still disrespectful to the Louisville women when, when they've won. But, I mean, listen, I, I'm sure Coach Walls will use that as added motivation. Oh, 100%. And, you already know. And then he's going to turn that turn that into more wins. And that's what he does. Five straight elite eights. Can't argue with his postseason success. All right, Taylor. So massive game, dude. Saturday noon. Oof. You'll be on the post game call with Blank starting at nine a.m. Yep. Have a bloody mary. A little, yeah. You know, a little bit, or you never know. Okay, I'll be here, so probably not. Fair enough. Blank, on the other hand, will be live from Miami. So, oh yeah. I wonder if he's going to be wearing like a Hawaiian tropical shirt. I hope so. Little little cardinal Hawaiian that tropical. Be, yeah. As long um, as Blank's not wearing a speedo, I'm just going to consider it a win. <laughs> Good luck sleeping tonight. Kids. <laughs> All right. So, looking at both teams, where do you think Louisville could have an advantage when the cards travel down to Miami Gardens? <sighs> I mean, this is uh, it's going to be a difficult game, but I think it's going to be a difficult game for both teams. Uh, I think defensively, both teams are incredibly strong, and it's going to make for just a defensive slugfest, I have a feeling. Uh, if if Louisville was going to have some success, in my opinion, I think it's going to likely come uh, in the passing game, which I know does not probably give Carnation a ton of you know warm and fuzzy feelings inside because you know Jack Plummer has had his moments um, where he's played really well. He's had moments where he has not played so well. So I I think that that's where they're going to be able to make their hay, though. 
the the running game, Miami is great at defending the run. So I think that that's going to be a, a difficult, uh, an uphill battle, so to speak, uh, for the Cards because you look at what Miami's doing defensively. Their rush defense is sixth in the nation. They're giving up 86 yards a game. So, yes, Louisville is prolific at running the football. Uh, they've got the 28th-ranked rushing offense in the country. They're averaging 187 yards a game. So, yes, they have been very, very good. But they're going up a very up against a very good uh, run defense. So, if, if Louisville's going to make their hay and if they're going to be able to run the ball, I think they're going to have to throw the ball to kind of open up the passing game a little bit. Well, or open up the running game a little but bit. But that's why, though, Taylor... I was, you know, as dicey as that Virginia game was, Mm -hmm. I loved seeing Plummer battle back from that horrendous pick six and to throw that that dime to AHB. And I love seeing AHB get involved again. Yep. Um, We need him uh, in the slot. We need his speed, especially uh, against the Canes. But, yeah, I think this could be a game, potentially, where the pass – opens up the run yeah. instead of vice versa. I was taken aback by the physicality of that game from the Canes and the Knolls. Yeah. I mean it was it was just, you know, a street fight between the whistles. Street fight between the whistles. And I was also impressed with the team speed of Miami. Mm-hmm. Even in a loss, dude. Um their running back is a tank. He's got great speed, great size as always, you know, on, on the lines. Um, and, but I do think, you know, given their prowess, their, their ability to stop the run, what they've done from a historical perspective this year, we're going to have to be able to throw the ball. And I think plays can be made, but we have to have home field plumber, not on the road plumber. And that's what concerns me because you still saw him, you know, outside of that pick six, he did have some drops. So I think that's important to know. That was an inexcusable pick six. You can, like that's literally Taylor. The only thing he can't do. No, don't, don't don't throw pick sixes. No, and you don't want to do it uh, against this Miami team either. Um, the one thing that I, I look at this game when when you're looking at you know where can Louisville have an advantage? You look at the turnover margin. Mm-hmm. Miami is 104th in the nation in Oof. turnover margin. They're minus five. Louisville is 21st. In the nation, a turnover margin, they're plus six. Yikes. So that, to me, is kind of going to be the tale of this game, is who turns the football over and who capitalizes on that. And Tyler Van Dyke, by for all intents and purposes, is going to start this game for Miami uh, with the gruesome injury to uh, their quarterback against Florida State. Van Dyke came off the bench. As soon as he came off the bench, first play, he drops back. He gets flushed out of the pocket, and he throws an interception. Like I'm, I'm he has been a turnover machine, and I'm confident that our guys can can generate that pressure. Yes, on him. and that's why he was benched. For all the critique we have of Jack Plummer, Tyler Van Dyke, 16 touchdowns, 12 interceptions this year. He Oof. cannot take care of the football. No, that offensive line has really struggled throughout the year. I think this is where the Louisville defensive front—they've showed up all season. I kind of expect them to do it again. I think Ashton Gelati gets at least one sack in this game. I think they are going to get after Miami. They struggle to protect the quarterback. And the thing I want to see: when are we going to get a? complete road performance out of this team because they've been at home for three weeks the last time we saw them on the road didn't go very well against Pitt. Mm -hmm. they haven't been good away from lnn stadium throughout the season can we finally get a complete 
road performance. The good news is Miami won't have any fans there. But the other part of this I want to see is Miami, how much was taken out of them? They were yeah. physically beaten up. They put a ton of emotion into that game, obviously, because yep. Miami and Florida State's one of the most physical games, one of the biggest robberies in college football. Now you're asking them to get up for a noon kick against a Louisville team that has a lot more to play for than you do. What's the psyche of this Miami team right now? Because you just don't know which version of them you're going to get. And good strategy for Louisville would be, by the way, how about trail by three in the final seconds and see if Miami <laughs> takes a knee? <laughs> History shows they don't do that. Well, but to your point about the psyche and the mental side of things, what if Louisville can jump out two touchdowns? Exactly. Oh, the first yeah. quarter is yes. going to tell the story. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, another name that I know that we're, we all remember, Tyler Harrell. Taylor, on the season, four catches, 45 yards, zero touchdowns. I remember oh. when he transferred to Alabama and they thought that was going to be such a big pickup for them, and I don't think he ever played there. He yeah. didn't. Um, and, and I'm assuming it was NIL bag. Um, but, man, he went from – productivity to just ride the pine. Yeah. yeah. And so he's got to be kicking himself for that decision. And, you know, he'll, maybe he'll see some old friends, but then at the end of the game, take an L too. Take, so an L. take, a, take an L again. Two transfers resulted in L's. I do like that. I do wonder about kind of the psyche of Miami coming into this game. And you talked about it, you know, get down three and just see, <laughs> see what Miami does. I will say <laughs> you got to feel good about, Louisville having the coach, the better coach in this matchup. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and the better, the guy that can that can make those late game decisions and and that knows to take the knee and that, and knows to do these these things. If it is close, which I do think this is going to be a close game. Oh yeah. So I I think this is going to be close throughout. You got to feel good getting into the fourth quarter in a tight game with Jeff Brom as your head coach. Louisville has the experience of winning close games this year. They did it against Georgia yes. Tech, did it against Indiana, did it against NC State, did it against Virginia. They've showed the ability to keep their composure. They've showed the fight that this team hasn't had for quite a while, and we've seen Miami in similar spots this year not come through. Think of the Georgia Tech game. Think of last week, uh, North Carolina. They lost that game by 10, but they had some opportunities late. Mm -hmm. Louisville has showed more composure and shown more ability to fight off things than Miami has. Like It doesn't matter to this Louisville team how poorly they played for three quarters. The Virginia game showed that. This team would have lost this game last year. No question yeah. about it. Yeah. With the way that the Avalanche came in the third quarter and the fact that they were able to just kind of push that to the side and just go out and play, that showed, showed me a lot about this team. And I know it's just a 2-7 and seven Virginia team, but those are games. How many times this year have we said they would have lost that game last year? Oh, three several, or four? Several yeah. times this season we've said that. Now, how about this one for you guys? We talk about starting fast and how Louisville needs to to come out and start this game fast. If they can start this game the way they started the Duke game, uh, I don't see Miami battling back from that. If you're if you're up two touchdowns in the yeah. first quarter, I, I don't think Miami's Miami's not built to come back. No, I have no confidence and, in Van Dyke. No, and they're not built for that. So how about this one for you? This Louisville defense has forced a stop on the first drive in all 10 games this season. Wow. On the initial possession? Mm -hmm. mm. That is in crazy. all 10 games this season. That's right. They opened the season against Georgia Tech with um, with an interception. Yeah, I was going to say, I think they've started with a couple interceptions. The uh, Georgia Tech game, Notre Dame. I think mm -hmm. there were about three or four of them that the first yeah. drive was a turnover. Awesome. Yep. Yeah, and, and that that's, again... A sign of a well-coached team that has an identity. Yeah, they have a game plan. They execute it. They take accountability. 
just like we thought with Jeff Rom coming here, that Louisville's identity would be a hard-nosed defensive football team that runs a ball. <laughs> That's exactly, exactly, exactly exactly what we thought yep. we were going to get when Jeff Rom came to town. Shouts out to Coach Ron English for yeah. being um, uh, with Frank Broyles Award for mm-hmm. top assistant. Top Certainly. Assistant deserves to be in the running for that for that award his defense has gotten after it and has played well and taylor i think in addition to the consistent pressure the upfront four gets Mm -hmm. i think the open field tackling has been something that has been markedly better yeah from anything that we've seen in the last four or five years it has been impressive I mean, sure, there's going to be a time or two where guys break a tackle, but it's it's not very often. It's not very often. I think the coverage in the secondary, there was a couple blown coverages against UVA. Yes. But I also think that you just need to tip your cap to UVA because their quarterback. Calandria made some plays. Bruh. He made some plays out there. There was a throw, I think, on a wheel route to someone. Was an absolute dime. Rolled out. Uh, it was probably like a 40-yard completion. I mean, hit him in stride. Um, and I was just like, wow, this kid. How did he ever get unseated as the starter? I know the starter was hurt, and then he got injured again, and so Calabria went back. Yeah, so he was so he was not the first year. He was not the starter at the beginning of the season. Correct. He so, came off the bench against James Madison because that starter was hurt and played and played well yeah. and almost upset James Madison. Uh, whoever the next head coach is at Virginia needs that needs to be recruiting job number one is to keep Calabria. You don't, there. You don't think Elliott gets his third year? I mean, maybe, but they're just... I hate to be Homer Taylor, but, like, they are a lot better than their record. They are. But I, they I play hate with, that They play with some physicality type. and some toughness, um, and they've been in every game. So maybe he does get a year three, but they need to keep Calandria because people are going to come after him oh, yes. this offseason yeah. and, and try to get him because he he's something special, and he could be really good for Virginia. So back to the Canes for a moment, and we'll get to our locks of the week. Um uh, our buddy Chris cannot make it tonight. He is literally in the middle of handicapping college basketball live. Oh, uh, so we got to make sure he stays in the lab and gets his customers um, some winners. You know, for is you know we talked about the talent Miami has and the speed. Mm-hmm. They're just six and four, but Taylor, they're two and four in the ACC. It's yeah. crazy to think like that. They've lost to Georgia Tech with the infamous knee. Yep, um, losing at UNC is nothing to shake, shake a stick at. They did beat Clemson. Um, they squeaked by Virginia. I believe that was in overtime, 29-26. Um, another opponent they went to that Louisville played, they went to Raleigh, got drummed by NC State 20-6. to Yep. And then, of course, lost last week to Florida State. It's never a talent thing with Miami. Like, right? Miami it's has weird. talent. That it's speed. not a talent issue. It's execution. It's situational awareness for the players and the coaching staff, it's, you know, time and score and and stuff like that. Those are the things that Miami struggles with. Those are the things that they just continuously shoot themselves in the foot. Bad turnovers. Tyler Van Dyke, you mentioned, uh, Zach mentioned it earlier. He got his 12th interception in that game against Florida State uh, the other night. That has been the issue for Miami because you look at what Miami's doing when they're not shooting themselves in the foot offensively. Uh, they've got the 45th passing offense in the country. They've got the 46th rushing offense in the country. They're putting up decent numbers, 172. I don't know what just happened. It was like Are, a hiccup. Like were a you thing. emotional uh, about yeah, how? I'm very emotional about Miami. Uh, no, but they're they're averaging 172 yards on the ground. 
Yes, they are. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they don't allow a ton of sacks, which that offensive line has played well. They protected whoever was back there at quarterback. They're 37th in the nation in total offense. So, I mean, they're not terrible. Very solid. But uh, but in the red zone, that's been an issue for Miami, too. They're 64th in the nation in red zone offense. They do have a great field goal kicker for what it's worth. He has a big-time <clears throat> leg, so if it's a close game, that mm-hmm. could be a, fa- for in my- a thing in Miami's favor, especially with Louisville's kicking issues yeah. as of late. Travelstead started the season strong, yeah. but very recently he's Oof. not been all that good. No. So you just don't want it to come down to a kicking contest if you're Louisville. I will say this, Miami, are they kind of the new Texas? You know, everybody kept making fun of Texas, saying Texas is back, Texas mm-hmm. is all this talent, and mm-hmm. they can never get over the top. Well, they're pretty good this year. That might be Miami's spot right now. Miami has all the talent in the world, and you would think with Mario Cristobal, he had success at Oregon. I don't know why it hasn't translated, but it just hasn't. But we always talk about the little things. That's what it is with this Miami team. It's the little things. It's the turnovers. It's you know settling for field goals. It's yep. not knowing situational awareness at the end of games. I, You just... They're the opposite. Mario Cristobal this season is the opposite of how, what Jeff Brom has done with this Louisville team. Mm-hmm. Louisville is buttoned up. They're composed. They seem to play better under pressure. Miami folds under pressure. That's another kind of X-factor type thing to look at. Here are the college football playoff rankings now. We are live. All right. So we have Kansas at 25th, Tulane at 24th, Oklahoma State 23, Utah 22, and Kansas State up four spots to 21. Tulane's logo is fantastic i love it they are right now in line to be the group of five team in the new year iowa's being 16th it's the biggest right, affront so, to these so rankings. we've got acc in here north carolina at 20 notre dame at 19 up a spot tennessee at number 18 they're down five spots arizona surging they're up to 17th and iowa at 16 jed fish has done a heck of a job he out really of i was is the same ranking iowa has at number 16 is how many points the average per game that's right <laughs> so all right penn state goes to number okay so it's official louisville is in the top 10 yes because oregon in state the top is 10. 11th uh so we have lsu 15 oklahoma 14 Ole miss penn state and oregon state at number 11 so Welcome Ethan, to the top 10, Louisville. Louisville. football's in the top 10. First awesome. time since, I believe... 2016. 2016, what, yeah. Were they still in the top 10 after the Houston game? Uh, no. They were before. Yes. But yeah, I, they I, were fifth yeah. before the they Houston game. They were fifth before the Houston game. Okay. All right, so you're going to find out when we do. This is really... I, are, is Louisville ninth cool. or 10th? I think they're, they're going to be nine. I think they're nine. I wonder who is 10, though. That. This, for me, is just... I mean, this is... I have, this a, is cool. I have a feeling we might be 10th. This is cool. I just yeah, I don't so I'm not complaining. I don't get this. Yeah, yep, we're yep. done. Here ten. we go. Louisville is tenth. Yeah, in the college football playoff rankings, up one spot from eleven. So probably they didn't get number nine because of the the. So close Missouri win leapfrogs. Yeah, uh, so Missouri's back in the top. So they're going to give Georgia that they're going to use that to put Georgia number one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Missouri, up a two loss team, jumps Louisville. So that's uh that's interesting. Missouri with two losses. Uh, jumping Louisville with one loss. So the cards are 10th. Missouri is 9th up five spots uh, after their victory over the weekend. So, but the good news, if you're a Louisville fan, Missouri has no path to win the SEC East. Georgia's already clinched that. Louisville does have a playoff path because they've still got another big game. Missouri's last two are not very big games, so this will work itself out. That is yeah. true. That is true. But I think Missouri's getting rewarded. Um, for smashing Tennessee. For smashing yeah. Tennessee yeah. in the and, way that and, they did. Listen, I don't have a huge problem with that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know. don't think we need to do a whole lot of faux outrage about this. No. no. I mean, 
it's it's noteworthy because it's a two loss team ahead of you. Yes. Uh, Alabama at number still, eight. I don't expect a whole lot of change out in the top eight, except I think Georgia will and be I, number one. And I think too. I think Washington will leapfrog Florida State. You think so? I do. Yeah, because so. they just beat uh, Utah. Utah's still pretty highly respected. I thought Washington should have been ahead of Florida State to begin with. So again, Louisville tenth, Missouri ninth. Um, Louisville, um, of course, just one loss. Missouri has two. Texas in at number seven. I would have Texas ahead of Oregon. Texas has Texas and Alabama both have better resumes than Oregon does. Yeah. So um, you think if uh, if Louisville smashes Virginia, do you think that they're at nine instead of Missouri? Possibly, but I still think like you could make the argument that beating Tennessee in the manner in which they did wouldn't have mattered anyways. Yeah. Okay. I mean, beating blowing out Tennessee is still more impressive than blowing out Virginia. Yeah. And you know the SEC bias is going to carry the day. Sure, mm-hmm. sure. And let's pull up now. I am intrigued a little bit. I do want to see. Missouri plays Florida this week. Um, and what's their last game? Because they used to have a rivalry game. Uh, Arkansas. Missouri's got Florida and Arkansas their last two games. So I would expect them to win be, both of those. Exactly. So so Missouri's schedule, they've lost to LSU, 49-39, and they lost to Georgia, 30-21. to So, I mean, they're two losses. Again, I think two, Taylor, out of all the one-loss teams, Louisville's loss to Pitt is the worst. It is the worst. And that's why, you know, if, I'm not going to complain if about everything, either. you know, if everything broke perfectly and Louisville had a path to the playoff and got left out, that would be why they got left out. Yeah. That's I mean, the thing. that is the worst loss of any one loss team right now. Do you think we would or Louisville would be in a better position? Listen to that. Yeah, we. You think we, there we go. Listen to it. You think, I love it. Do you think we would be in a better position if they the results of NC State and Pitt were traded? Like if they just lost to NC State mm. and Raleigh but beat Pitt? I think so. I kind of. I think the pit loss is just going to be such an albatross. I don't think they'll be able to overcome it. But I you know what? So. I also think though too. Let, let's remember, NC State's now seven and three. They've got an opportunity to go nine and three. That's Absolutely. a really good team. Yeah. And then if you want to talk about resume, you want to talk about l- l- we got to root for NC State. Of course, if if for Washington's some reason, still five. If, so okay, so Florida State still will be hanging on at number four. Yeah. Uh, Washington's going to play number 11 Oregon State this week, so I, and Florida State's going to play North Alabama. What you're hoping for is NC State gets another win this week mm-hmm. and then sneaks into the back end of the top 25. Now. You hope so, they beat North Carolina. That yes. ends any hope North Carolina still yes. has. Yeah. yeah, and so th- that's another one. That's another team you got to root for. Of course, if Clemson doesn't get the job done, NC State plays. Um, UNC, that last that rivalry week game as well. Florida uh, State number four. Yeah, I'm a little surprised to be honest with you. After Washington's you big win over the would, weekend, would jump them. Washington has a better win. Florida State's best win is LSU. Washington's best win is obviously Oregon, and Washington has beaten Utah. Like and their resume is better two, than Florida State. I mean, if we go chalk, those two are going to play again for the Pac-12 title. Yeah, yeah. so that's going to work itself out. Yeah, Michigan at number three. Yeah, and their playbooks. No surprise. Yeah. Uh, steal their signs. Um, All right. So one and two. What do you guys think? I think they're going to put Georgia number one. I really do. Who did Georgia play last week? Uh, Ole Miss. Ole Miss. Stomped them. Yeah. Blew them out. Uh, Georgia's number one. Yeah. I mean, it's all all semantic. But Georgia stomped Missouri and stayed at number two. No, they beat Missouri by nine. Oh, yeah. That's that's probably why Missouri's in the top tens, because they 
played a close game with Georgia. And it's probably why these first two spots are still not filled because they're hyping it up, talking about it. Absolutely. See, I'm going with Georgia number I one. I think Georgia's one, Ohio State's two. Why do we need to drag this out? Like, I've never understood the point of these. Like, I would even be fine if they just do what, like, the basketball committee does is have, like, a midseason show and then right. the final rankings. Like, do we really need to do this every week? Well, because you got football nerds like us, like, literally just That's also waiting true. with baited Yeah, breath. they put you. Yep. Ohio State number two. Yeah, we win by 35 and drop. Okay. <laughs> and Georgia number one. So yeah. Georgia now the number one team. Honestly, this is the way it should have been. Yeah. Well, those are the top four I teams. know. I know Zach's not going to agree. No, I, I kind of do. Actually. But this I'm is kind of the way that it should but have been all along. here's the reality. Whoever wins the Ohio State-Michigan game is going to be number one. Yeah. So it really makes no difference. Well, you think over over that SEC bias? Um. Well, if, if I don't know if Georgia beats Alabama, that might be yeah. they might give it to them. Yeah. But I can't. I don't argue really think it's top five. I can't argue with the top five. I, I tell you what, though, what are you gonna do with Alabama and Texas? But just say Washington wins out, Florida State wins out, and Ohio State and Michigan have one loss, and one of them is to each other. Well, do they fall out of the top one of, four? One of them's out. I think if if Washington goes undefeated. Florida State goes undefeated. Georgia goes undefeated. The loser of Ohio State, Michigan's out. They're out. Yeah. I don't think there's any doubt about it. Okay. And what's going to end up happening, I think, is, yeah, that's exactly. Would they here's be the left thing. out now, over a one-loss Washington a, Here's the thing that gets interesting is if your Pac-12 champ has one loss and then you have Alabama, uh, SEC champ. Texas. Texas. A one-loss Georgia, then, and a one-loss either Ohio State or Michigan. How do you feel? Big Ten champs not having a loss. They're going to kill Iowa in the Big Ten title game. Let's just go ahead and... Right. So, here's the thing. The SEC champ is not guaranteed to get in because Alabama is going to get blocked by Texas. You cannot possibly put Alabama in the playoff over Texas. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they'll they'll try to make every excuse in the book for them. Oh, yeah. yeah. You can't. So, LSU, Florida State's best win is, is number 15. They're up four spots. At seven and three. So again, if you're a Louisville fan and you want, you know, the highest possible ranking, you're rooting for NC State. Of course, you're rooting for Clemson this week to you're make rooting it to for Notre Dame. To yes. Yeah, you need Notre figure Dame figure out what the hell they're doing at 19 now. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of Notre Dame boomers that are very, very unhappy. Did you see this? Their last, the last game ever on the Pac-12 network. Notre Dame Stanford. Stanford. I saw that. Yeah, Dame people are not going to be happy about that one. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm, I won't pull for ACC brethren in this no, game. No, because you need Notre Dame to, to climb, claw their way back up in the rankings. Mm-hmm. What you really need, though, is to is to have NC State continue to win and sneak their way into the back half, 25, yeah. 24, 23, somewhere around in there. But the only, like, if you're looking at the 7-3 and three teams, Kansas State, Utah, Oklahoma State, and Kansas, the only team I feel like you could argue that NC State could be better than is Kansas. I've got yeah. a fly-in-the-ointment team for you, by the way, guys. Oregon State. They, they're like next two games, Washington and Oregon. What if they win both of those? Yeah. The Pac-12 is in trouble then. Because oh, I think Oregon win. State would be in the Pac-12 championship game, and yeah. they could win it. Yeah, and then I think I, then the Pac-12's out. Oregon and State's the favored to be Washington. And Oregon State the next week. <laughs> yeah. I mean, seriously. Or, or, yeah. Oregon State's favored to beat Washington. And by the way, they di- came out with something earlier that Oregon State and Washington State control everything in the Pac-12. So theoretically, they could block the entire rest of the Pac-12 out of the Pac-12 championship game because they own everything now. Wouldn't that be awesome? And just Wouldn't play that just Washington be... State and Oregon State. So we got a texter that says 10th is BS. Uh, we have another texter that says Louisville um, 
going to the playoff is very attainable. I if they went out or twelve and one. Root for the Beavers. That's what I'm telling you. Root for Oregon State. There you go. That's the team that can knock the Pac-12 but, out. And that, you need one of those conferences to just. So start let's out. let's dream for a moment. Uh, the, Louisville win. Louisville beats Miami. They beat the team up the road, and they beat an undefeated number four Florida State. Mm. Florida State will probably. Yeah, they'll be three because Ohio State or Michigan's is going to lose. There's no way, right? That still Louisville would be in the playoff over a one-loss Texas, a one-loss no. Alabama. No. I think you're in over a one-loss Alabama. No. If Alabama, well, no. They'll beat Georgia in that instance. Yeah. No. Yeah. So then, it, so then, uh, yeah, Alabama. You want you want everything else to stay chalk. Then you want Georgia to beat Alabama. You want t- what you want is Iowa State to beat Texas this week, and knock the Big Twelve. And out. then you want Oklahoma to beat Texas in the Big Twelve title. Well, it, it doesn't matter if Texas loses. It doesn't matter who wins the Big Twelve. Yeah, I feel the Big like out. for for the text for saying that. I feel like. Um, for Louisville to have any outside chance at the playoff, you know, you need Texas, Alabama to have two losses. Yes. You yeah. need Oregon to have two losses. Root for Auburn to beat Alabama, mm-hmm. and then Alabama to beat Georgia. So, yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, yeah, it will be a lot of moving and shaking going on. But, but Taylor, man, I'm in hog heaven, dude. Oh, this is great. Jeff, Jeff Brom, you're what in the top We're 10. having these conversations. Yes. Yes. We're having these conversations of what does it take for Louisville. And so... I think we're on the cusp of obviously so one of the best seasons in no, Louisville boo, football sorry. history. Boo but, Oregon. But we gotta we gotta finish strong. Can we just last time we were nine and one, you lost three straight. Did not go so hot. Can no. we say this, by the way? Is this the biggest ACC game Louisville's ever played outside of twenty sixteen Clemson? I think it is. Just ACC, purely since they joined the ACC back in fourteen. I think in terms of what's in terms stake? of what like in terms of what's at stake because if that's the case then yes yes but in terms of national nationally I think that yeah. Florida State well it, Lamar what just happened yeah but beat what did that the death game but what did that mean at the end of the day other than it just gave him a great highlight people that was remember, Heisman yeah it gave him his Heisman it gave him but his Heisman. as far as the team but yeah I mean as much. far as the team it didn't do much so yeah in terms of the team and the future and and what's at stake. Yeah, this Miami game is is the most important game. But I feel like we've said that kind of every week since the pit loss was this is the most important game on Louisville's schedule. This is the most important game on Louisville's schedule. Mm-hmm. And I think that the, the thing about it is the team feels the same way because they bought into this one-game season. Mm-hmm. They bought into this is our most important opponent, important opponent, and then after this, the next opponent is our most important opponent. Yeah. And, and that's kind of what they bought into. And normally you hear a coach say it. You hear a coach talk about it, it's a one-game season, it's a one-game season, it's a one-game season. And then when the players come in and they start telling you the same thing, and they're, they, they're all like little Jeff bots, all, all of them. Like Jack says the same thing. Jamari Thrash, I mean, um, Jawar Jordan says the same thing. Uh, the guys on defense say the same thing. Cam Kelly, they, they all say the same thing. It's a one-game season. It's a one-game season, and it's more than just it's more than just um, talk. It's more than just word salad. Like they're living it out. They're representing. They're manifesting what they're talking about. You see that day in, day yeah. out, week in, week out, of you know winning in a variety of ways. And that's what another aspect about this team that's so impressive. Mm-hmm. You can win and and coming from behind fashion like Georgia Tech and Virginia. You can win in dominant fashion the second half like you did against Notre Dame. You yep. can gut out 
um, an ugly performance in the road on the road like you did in Raleigh. Yes, you can have dominant performances like you did against Virginia Tech, and so now. One percent, one percent chance. So you're saying there's a yep, chance to make the playoff? How does Oklahoma have a one percent chance? They got two losses. They're Oklahoma. Yeah, yeah. fair. So this, you know, again, to even be, I'm going to take a picture of this. To even yeah. be in this discussion. Oh, of course. Oh, I wanted it back. Of course, of course, I got it as soon as this, as soon as the screen changed. College game day is going to App State at JMU. That's awesome. Good for James Madison. They've been there before. I think this is the second time they've had it. Now Good I don't. We don't need this. Who cares about the Jonas Brothers performing on game day? Whoa, whoa, whoa! You watch it, dude. James Madison, top twenty-five in football and basketball. Yes, dude. That automatically makes James Madison, I guess, the greatest president ever that he's spawned off. <laughs> the mean. greatest. At, they're the greatest athletic department in but America. But they're still right not now. in the CFP, right? No, they they can't even go to a bowl game right now. They can't. So they can't be in the CFP. So that's not, correct. Right, yeah. Yeah. Which, Which is again stupid. You're absolute. welcome, Kansas. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> send James true. Madison a fruit basket. Yeah, <laughs> true, but again, the the fact that there is a one percent chance that Louisville can make Dude, the play, I mean, it's awesome. It. But we j- we have to finish out strong. And I'm telling yes. you now, next weekend, must win. Oof. Well, yeah. must win. I'm. Oof. That team is a good team. They're not a great team. Mm-hmm. Handle your business. Much at like home. Miami. Yeah, much. These two teams are very similar. Mm-hmm. Miami and, and the team talent. up the road. The way that they want to play defense mm-hmm. is is very similar. So Here, here's the other thing: yeah, find a way to win. I yeah. think we're due. We we are long overdue for a big upset. We have not really had one yet. Like the top eight, mm-hmm. no, they haven't lost for quite some time. Mm-hmm. We're due for Washington to lose to Oregon State, or we're due for Florida State to lose to Florida. We're due for something chaotic. Ohio State and Michigan, that's not chaotic. Well, I don't need Florida State three. to lose. No, you don't Florida, want Florida State to lose. I need Florida lose. State to just go ahead and keep on winning. Hey, we'll find out if the CW curse is real because they're playing North Alabama on the oh. CW. If they lose that game, then I'm fully convinced the CW curse is Oof. just – it's mystic powers are beyond belief. I'm they're not losing you. to North Alabama. No. Why are they playing North Alabama the second to last week of the season? That's what I want to know. They're doing rest, that, they're doing that before. SEC tune-up yeah. like, like normal SEC teams. Do. Well, like the team up the road used to do. Yeah, absolutely. And then Play now they, before us. this year, it's a little different. Now they're playing um, a four and six South Carolina team, but it's on the road. It's at night. Um, they're not going to get the rest up like they have in the past as well. Texture set, and this is this is I agree with this wholeheartedly. It's year one of Jeff Brom. Imagine what it could look like in a few more years. This is why you bring Jeff back. Excellent yeah. text. Yeah, absolutely. This is why. You start stacking these types of seasons. On each other, yeah. yeah one ne- after the other. Next year they're going to be nine and one. They'll probably get a little more respect from the preseason polls, and they'll be higher because people now expect this out of them. This mm-hmm. isn't a surprise. Yeah. This should not be. In in a couple years, we're not going to be celebrating that they're nine and one and ranked in the top ten. Yeah. This should be. I don't know if it's the expectations the right word, but in a couple years we'll be the, we'll have been there before. So I'm going to throw this out here, just just hypothetical. So, say Louisville does in fact qualify for the ACC championship. And lose. Okay. Since they're in the ACC championship, right, they are guaranteed an Orange Bowl berth provided Florida State makes the playoff. Correct. That's correct. So there, there's no scenario where UNC, if, let's just say they— No. Okay. No. Nope. Nope. Well, then they would still have to lose. By virtue lose. of being in the ACC championship game and losing that game, 
uh, as the runner-up, they would get the Orange Bowl bid. Yeah, remember Virginia in 2019 was ranked like 25th or something, and they got in the ACC championship game. Clemson killed them, but even though they got to the title game, they got to go to the Orange Bowl. Yeah, that's right. They actually gave Florida a halfway decent game. Yeah, they did. Yeah, so. I remember that. All right, good. So, I, I mean, Taylor, I'm telling you, dude. <laughs> I mean, if what you need to do right now, we're on the cusp. The only thing I think that could sh- take the shine off this season is if somehow you can't win 10 games. Yeah. Like I you think don't start 9 and 1 and finish 9 and 5. Yeah. And that would be if like if UNC lost again and then Louisville still made it to the to the, to the playoff because that's because let's face it. I mean, you're looking at if you just do chalk for these last four games, Miami, team up the road, Florida State, Michigan. Like, you could end your season like that. Think about that. And so my argument is, and you know which game I want to win more than any other. Mm -hmm. And as long as you get that 10th win and you get that that double-digit win, season is a a smashing, a roaring success. You can't start 9-1 and and 9-5. I have missed feeling this way oh my gosh but at the same time i am ready it, it it's weird like i'm ready to to for it to be over with but at the same time i'm i'm absolutely loving this 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 just feeling of i can't breathe watching louisville football soak it in like the, yeah man the anxiety and the angst for every game when's the last time you scoreboard watched like we're doing uh been too long yeah, I, I, 2016. 2016. Just praying that Clemson would lose twice. Yeah, and they I did mean, lose once. Yeah, and then oh yeah, after they lost that one time, it's like oh come on, come on, come on, come yeah. on, one more time, just lose one more time, and then they got close a couple of times and pulled it out of the fire. But mm-hmm. but it's just that it's that feeling. It's that feeling right now. Sitting here talking about the game, like I'm getting this this tightness in my chest, like wondering, worrying, stressing about are they going to win? Are they going to find a way? Are they going to pull it out? Miami's got a really good defense. Miami doesn't have very much on offense, but, you know, they, they got talented guys, and, and what you, I mean, they've got a couple of wide receivers that are really pretty good, but mm-hmm. Tyler Van Dyke can never get on the ball, so what's what's Louisville going to do about that? Like, mm-hmm. it's it's those types of conversations and, and the stress of, you know, 60 minutes of hell watching <laughs> watching these games yeah. and, and hanging on every play, yeah. knowing how important it is that Louisville f- gets that win. Yeah. And I think there there might be a little release after the Miami game if Louisville's able to get the win. Mm-hmm. There'll be a little bit of a pressure release because now you can... <sighs> oh, yeah. They made it. Mm-hmm. Like they're going to yeah. the ACC championship game. Yeah. But you enjoy that for a night, and then the intensity ratchets right back up. Because you've got that team of the road coming in here, and you've got their their winning streak that they're riding mm-hmm. against you. You've got eleven game home winning. And you've streak. got an eleven game home winning streak, and you have an opportunity now. Now you're ten and one. You've got an opportunity to be eleven and one for the first time since what the Orange Bowl. Yeah, well, I mean, well, the Russell Athletic Bowl season was twelve and one, right? Okay, but like. Yeah, but you didn't have a New Year's six game to go to. Right. And Texter's like, finish nine and five. What no, that was just that's like the worst case scenario. That that's what I'm saying. That was that's what for me would take the shine off this season is if you drop the last four. Mm. Not saying that's gonna happen. Um, but yeah. And so if you take care and I'm saying this. If I could draw it up how to end the season and not get overly greedy, of course. 
I want to win both games. Yeah. But I would take this. Lose to Miami, have Clemson beat UNC, beat the team up the road the following week, finish 10-2, and going to the ACC Championship in an Orange Bowl. That right there for me would be, you know, a scenario outside of obviously winning both, mm-hmm. uh, but not getting too greedy with it. And that way, too, you get the you get the best of both worlds. Because if you're in the top 10, if you're flirting with the top 10, even with a loss to Miami, you're still top 15. Yep. You beat that. You beat your arch rival. You get that 10th win and you go represent your conference in the conference championship game where you get to play spoiler. You have absolutely no pressure. Yeah. I talk about, you know, Jeff Brown's going to throw the kitchen sink, the toilet, whatever at you. Oh, yeah. Um, because there is no pressure. You're guaranteed, uh, provided, you know, Florida State beats Florida and they're undefeated. You're yeah. guaranteed an Orange Bowl berth. I mean, dude, <laughs> unbelievable season. Oh, my gosh. The I'm fact a- that we are still having these guys. Like, oh, yeah. We could. We'll say it over and over again. The fact that we're having these conversations at this point shows you how good of a job Jeff Brom's done. Like, who? This might be the first of two trips to Miami. It probably will be because you got to get that stadium scouted out. Absolutely. So you can get ready to go play in the Orange Absolutely. Bowl in a month or so. But, I mean, wouldn't it, wouldn't it still be great to beat Florida State? Florida State is it beatable. Would be fantastic. Florida State's beatable. It Let's not be... act like they're dominating everybody this year. They almost lost to BC. They struggle with Miami. They've had a couple of games that they've looked exceedingly average. I'm not saying Louisville's going to win that game, but let's not say that it's out of the realm of possibility that I they mean, could win that game. We, we, for, you can dream. For Louisville to be the ACC champion, whether they got into the playoff or not, it would just be sweet to be the ACC champion. Imagine saying five years ago, what's more likely to happen? Louisville football wins the ACC? Louisville basketball wins the ACC? Yeah. What happens next? You know the answer to that. I mean, all, we, things, yeah. all things considered right now. Should we pick this game and then get do the best bets? Oof. Oof. Let's do. Let, let's get our bets. Let's let's get our picks for the week. Taylor, you go first. You already have mine. I, I'm still deciding between a couple of them. I do. Sir, you've I already do. kind of gotten yours. You, We've handicapped yours, so have at it. I'm feeling I'm feeling uh feeling pretty good about this. Uh if my brother is listening, please, for the love of God, set up your DraftKings account so I can get my bonus bets. Please. We've, Thank we've you. had this conversation several times, texted you again today. Please set it up. Um, okay. So I've got uh North Carolina plus six and a half. Um I I I like Clemson in that game. Okay. Uh, but I think six and a half is a lot. I could see this being like a field goal game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I like uh, UNC plus six and a half. I also like uh, Arizona plus the point and a half. They're now favored. Yes, I, I see. I see that. Yeah. So they they were they weren't at first, but now they are. Now they are favored. So you know what? I will give you. Uh, I'll give you Arizona money line. How about that? Like it. Okay, listen. I agree with both of them. Utah on the road at Arizona. They've been surging. Um, they're they're playing really good football these last couple of weeks. Yeah. So yeah, give me uh, UNC plus the six and a half, and give me Arizona money line. Zach always has great analysis with his, so he'll go last. I'm just going to give you the Battle of Los Angeles, USC, UCLA over sixty five and a half. Dude, did you hear about uh, UCLA? Yeah. Wanting, uh, they've they've made a decision that uh, at the end of the USC UCLA game, they're going to fire Chip Kelly. What? It's not official, but it's pretty close to official. Really, win or lose? But win or lose, they're yeah. firing Chip Kelly at the end of the game. It's pretty much over. Yeah, uh, they're already banking on that Big Ten money, I guess. I mean, 
But have they been that bad? Know who you are, UCLA. Like, are they? Like, th- come I mean, on. I they haven't been terrible this season. What are they like? Are they seven and three or six see. and four, something um, like that? Um, I think they're seven and four. Six and four. Six okay. and four. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like, I don't know the contract details. I mean, how much are they paying them? I mean, like, you got to understand who who are you, UCLA? Like, what is what is your standard? Because your basketball school. You've been the punching bag. In your in your own city, yeah. for almost as long as I've been alive. Let's not act like UCLA is in the Big Ten because of their own merit. They're in right. the Big Ten because USC needed their rival to go with them. Yeah, 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 they're in the Big Ten because Mom said you have to bring your little brother with you. Exactly. Like, yeah, you can go, but you have to bring him with you. Right. Fine. Yeah. Eh, their basketball program is pretty good. Yes, I'll give them absolutely. That. So, going back to the well, Iowa under again. Yeah. There, it's thirty and a half. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah, it's gone. It's backed up to thirty and a half, which is higher than it was last week. Who it's are they playing? Illinois. Okay. I, Illinois can't really do much offensively either. Last uh, year, I'm gonna bet that too. Last year, the final score was nine six. I think we, we're probably gonna get something similar. Oh, nothing says Big Ten like that. Nine six. Welcome oh. USC. There were yeah, and all of them, all of them were field goals. God, I were, can't wait for USC Iowa. How many oh innings did that one go? <laughs> <laughs> the USC offense or the USC defense against the Iowa offense is gonna be a barn burner. Oh my because neither yeah. of them are any good. We're um, letting you get a first down and you won't take it. <laughs> Uh, oh goodness! I'm gonna bet against Sat West Virginia minus six and a half against yes. Cincinnati. Yes. Cincinnati's checked out. You're going to Morgantown. West Virginia's coming off a game that they were kind of embarrassed against Oklahoma. Always take a team that got embarrassed the previous week to bounce back when they're a home favorite. So go with West Virginia. And I mentioned earlier we're due for some chaos. Oregon State minus two and a half is gonna beat Washington. Wow! I'm high. I'm, I've been high on Washington all year. I think they're still gonna win the Pac-12. I think Michael Penix is the Heisman front runner. But Oregon State is a physical team. They're over under 63 and a half. They've got a great running back in Dennis Martinez. They've got a veteran quarterback in DJ Uyugulale. And you know Corvallis is going to be rocking for one of the last pack. It's actually going to be the last Pac-12 home game they ever play. Oh, Oregon sad. State at home takes down number five Washington. We're bet, due for a top five team to lose. Here I bet it is. you won't take a money line. I sure will. <laughs> Say yeah, I won't. Washington, Washington's been due for a loss the last couple weeks. They should have lost to yes. Arizona State. They could have easily lost to Stanford. They could have lost to Utah. They should have lost and to now Stanford. You're, that would have cashed me a big old freaking paycheck. Yeah. Now you're going into a hornet's nest in Corvallis. It's time. Oregon State wins. Two and a half and money line. Give me the Beavers. All right. Look and that. That, that's that's two big games coming up for, for Oregon State because they've got Washington, and then they'll have the Civil War at the end of the year. At Oregon. At yep. Oregon. Which, yeah. by the way, they don't call it the Civil War anymore because it's offensive to somebody. Which is stupid. But. I didn't. I didn't know they changed that. Yeah. Oh, the team up the road is down nine nothing already. Aww. That's good. You hate to see it. Yeah. Absolutely hate to see it. Terrible. I am doing UK post game though. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Have fun with uh, that. So you're going to be here for a while, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I had mom, to go home and take a nap. My mom here. did text in that uh, this year she hasn't even complained about getting uh, to the game three hours before kickoff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a fun atmosphere. It is. Now, now I think last week's, last Thursday's, it wasn't the same. You know what I mean? I don't know what it was, but I didn't feel the same vibe no, going no. in. It was kind of like a sleepy. It's a Thursday. That kind sleepy of Sleepy game. Matter. Yeah. It was a rough joker in the thief. Well, that that's because it just came off the injury. And they just given up a fumble touchdown on one of the flukiest plays you're ever going to see. And they were down, and it looked like they were going to lose. Like, the stadium was just... That is the most quiet I've ever heard Ellen in. But that is for Louisville to dig yeah. deep yeah. and find a way with all of the distractions, yeah. with the injury, with all of that, to come back 
and score 17 unanswered and just win the football game. Like that gives you that gives you some some good vibes and some good feelings and some confidence going into this Miami game because Louisville has won games in so many different ways. And they've been home for three straight. They haven't been on the road in quite a while. Maybe they're going to be a different team on the road this last time. Maybe it'll be a little bit different. Well, they did say after they lost to Pitt, like they had like the come to Jesus meeting oh, yeah. and that this isn't going to happen again. Well, we're going to find out. You're going to learn today. We're going to learn today. So, but Cam Kelly said, yeah, he, he said that they, they sat in the defensive meeting room after the end of that, uh, after they watched the film of the Pittsburgh game and they looked at each other and said, we're never doing this again. This is never going to happen again. Let's but see. I also think, though, too, you're looking at it in a, from a, just an opponent perspective. Like Miami. The brand, whatever, they're only six and four, but still, they can watch film and tell. This is not like a one and four pit team at the time. Right. Like, this is still a team that can that can give them fits with athleticism, with speed, on the road, coming off the heels of that very disappointing pit loss. Um, but, I mean, still, it's going to be, this is going to be a challenging game just because of Miami's speed and physicality. Yep. That's, that was an eye-opener for me. And maybe it was just because, too, that extra juice playing in our rival. But it was just like... It was physical. Yeah. And the trenches. And I'm glad Louisville has, had two extra days, or basically three, since mm-hmm. that was a late-night Saturday game. Um, certainly, Louisville has, would have a mini advantage there. Louisville's a one, one-and-a-half-point favorite, depending on which book is out there all right get, give me your breakdown i know if you want to hold off on your prediction for the post game pregame show have at it but what do you i mean what do you what are you thinking what's what was game plan need to be i think this is going to be if, if you are hoping that this is going to be a game where you can kind of relax and expect louisville to jump out to a big lead I, this is not your game <laughs> this, is, this is not what's going to happen uh this is going to be a tight defensive battle it's going to be a slugfest uh, points are going to be hard to come by. Yards are going to be hard to come by. Uh, Louisville is going to have to find ways to get points. They are going to look. Brock Travel said is going to have to be better than he has been uh, in the last couple of weeks mm-hmm. because Louisville is going to call on him probably more often than not uh, to get them to get them three points. I will say Miami, as well as they've been defensively, they have not been good in the red zone. Um, they have not been a good red zone defensive team. So. Louisville has has struggled a little bit offensively uh, in the red zone. Now, granted, they've had some big plays that they haven't needed to get into the red zone to score, but uh, they have struggled a little bit, uh, especially, like I said, again, with Brock Travelstead lately and and what he's been able to do or not do uh, in the kicking game. So Louisville's going to have to be sound in all three phases. Um, They're going to have to pack their defense uh, like they always do. Um, I think this defense is going to be able to get some pass rush. They're going to be able to get after uh, Tyler Van Dyke. Tyler Van Dyke is mobile. He he can get out and run. And if they over-pursue like they did last week against, against Calandria and give Tyler Van Dyke an open lane, he will take it and he will burn and he, and he will hurt you. So Louisville's defense is going to have to be aware of that. They're going to have to make some tweaks to what they did last week against Calandria and play a little bit different type of defense. Still get the pressure, uh, but just don't over-pursue like they did last week, and I think they'll be okay. Um, it's going to be a, a barn burner. Uh, I will say Louisville's probably going to win this one, but it's going to be like 24-21. Yeah, I'm kind of on the same wavelength. The good news is Tyler Van Dyke isn't nearly as athletic as Calandria, so they should be able to keep him in the pocket. But 
Miami does have a couple of good running backs. I think they'll be able to rotate those guys. I think they'll be able to run the ball against this Louisville defense. But I think the biggest key in this game is Jack Plummer. Yes. We've got to get good Jack Plummer at the very least, not bad Jack Plummer. I don't expect them to run the ball the way they did against Virginia Tech and against Duke. But I expect it to be a little bit better than it was against Virginia. I think having the extra days off is going to help them out. Ten days to get ready for this game. Yep. I think Louisville wins. I'm going 23-20. to 20. So I, I think we're basically on the same wavelength. Yep. But that kicking game, I'm telling you, it worries me at the oh, end. Yeah. Because Miami's kicker has been really good. He's got a big leg. Brock Travelstead, we've documented his struggles. Now he did hit the 53-yarder against NC State. So he has showed the ability to come up clutch in a big moment. But I really don't want this to come down to a kicking game no. if I'm a Louisville fan. But no. I think Louisville gets it done because they've showed more toughness in these kind of spots than Miami has shown this year. I'm going to preface what I say by saying I hope I'm wrong. Oh, there even it more. Is. Here we go. But you kind of touched on it, Zach, with Jack Plummer. I always go based on what I see. And the data has shown me that – when Louisville plays on the road and in neutral site games, Plummer has not played very well, and he has gifted the defense with either pick sixes or timely, costly turnovers. Yep. Not one, but like multiple. multiples. Yeah. And so I have not seen anything so far that would lead me to believe that that won't be the case on Saturday. And listen, I, I see... What you all have thrown out there, I certainly will not argue with that. I could see that happening myself. Um, but I just feel until I see something different away from LNN that, you know, Louisville could lose this game. I'm mm -hmm. going to say Miami wins by 10, and it's only because the offense is not firing on all cylinders and we are we're victims of costly turnovers again. Again, Miami has that speed, that athleticism. It's going to be a thin line. Mm-hmm. If Louisville's able to jump out on them, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be way wrong and I'm gonna be loving it. But if Louisville doesn't jump out on them early and it's a close game and Miami kind of, you know, gets past that 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 brutal loss to their arch rival and they get more confidence that they're able to hang around, that's when Louisville this year has been susceptible to losing games. Now they've only of course lost one on the road, but I think that that could come back to bite them because I have not seen Plummer play like he's played at home on the road. The thing that gives me a little bit of uh, a little bit of a good feeling is the way that Louisville beat NC State. Yep, and yeah. the fact that Miami's coming off a very physical, yeah. emotional game against Florida State, and the fact that Louisville turned the ball over in that NC State game. Yeah, and yeah. still found a way to win. Yeah, yep. absolutely. I think it's going to look a lot like that game. I'm with you, and I hope and I hope I'm wrong. I'm, maybe I'm just saying this to to make myself, um, you know, set myself up for not being too too sad. Um, at the end of this, uh, listen, I hope I'm wrong, but um, you know, I'm going to go with that prediction and hope that I'm coming back here next week saying I'm an idiot. So there we <laughs> go. All right. Thank you so much for listening. Zach will have this, this bad boy podcasted here shortly. Programming note next week, we will again be on on Tuesday night. I believe it's 7 o'clock, so you can uh, keep, uh, keep us locked on 93.9 The Ville for LSL next week on a Tuesday. For Taylor and Zach, I'm Ethan saying... Until next time, go Cards! Beat the Canes! Looking for a rewarding career? One that empowers you to serve your community, change lives, and reach your fullest potential? Become a correctional officer for the Kentucky Department of Corrections and earn up to $28.30 an hour with great benefits. 
help create a better, safer Kentucky. Apply today for a correctional officer position in your community at careers.ky.gov. That's careers.ky.gov. When it's time to replace your heating and air system, we know people want options. That's why you'll always get a free second opinion with BJ Heating and Cooling. Plus, for a limited time, get 0% financing for 60 months on a new Bryant system. Call the experts you can trust at BJ Heating and Cooling.